Welcome back to Three Black Docs with Dr. Tiffany, Dr. Karen, and Dr. Zanetta. COVID has opened people's eyes to how, what did you say, Tiffany? We do not have a public health agenda in this country. Oh, I said that a while, a few episodes back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Like last year, yeah, right. like last year for real, you said that. Yeah. And it's true. Right. Those, but we've been thinking about from, a, we've been thinking from a public health perspective for a long time, but other people have not. But now they're realizing, oh, stay, we, we got to, we got to fix it. We got to work on this. Right. So I do wonder if COVID wasn't around. That's why like I met COVID, you know, I'm, I'm tired of being in the house, but <laughs> COVID has opened people's eyes to the fact that we do not have a public health agenda and there has to be a different way to do things. If we want to engage communities that are, have been traditionally disenfranchised and excluded, we've got to have a different way of doing it. So what's fascinating is that I'm working on this with the NIH SEAL teams. We are still at like 30 something percent full vaccination rates for African-Americans. Wow. The country is still at about 54% full vaccination rates and it hasn't changed it's been pretty static and and so what you're saying is that only 30 to 40 percent of black people in the united states have had the recommended number of covid vaccinations that's it correct yeah so the so why is that that's because number one a they don't trust the messenger right Number two, the the message has been all jacked up from, maybe I'll put the number one, the message has been all jacked up from day one. Let's put that. It it really has. has It really has. I mean, uh, bless them. At this point, we do know clearly that it is safe and effective, right? And that it is our way out of the pandemic. And that is the safest decision for you to make at this point is to be fully vaccinated. I mean, I you know, I you guys know I I firmly believe in you know, walking the walk <laughs> and doing the things that I endorse other people to do, whether it be lifestyle medicine, all of these, you know, things and I mean, the only thing I can say about it is I'm vaccinated, everyone in my circle is vaccinated like The fact that it's only a 30 or 35 percent vaccination rate is startling because literally everyone in my inner circle, all the people I care about have been vaccinated. I signed my kids up for a clinical trial for kids. I volunteered at the mass vaccination site, you know, went down there on my Saturdays and Sundays to give vaccination. So I don't know how else to model how important this is, (laughs) you know. For me, I, I, I'm always thinking of like, okay, how do I model it? How do I walk the walk? What else, What more can I do? I don't even know what else. So, But the level of trust in institutions is so low. Yeah. And I'll say that I know people in my family who aren't vaccinated. I've talked to them. They know Clearly. me. They're not going to get vaccinated. This is not my immediate family. Right. But um, the issue where... I mean, I've seen in my own community, it's like kind of the 20 to 40-ish year olds mm-hmm. that, I don't know. I mean, th- they're getting messages from other people. And, and I'll be honest, some of the hardest, disinf- the hardest misinformation campaigns that I'm having to combat are the people inside hospitals. 
the oh, people fascinating. Who, wow. Oh yeah, I kid you not. Oh. I I've when I was talking to some of my, you know, one of my cousins. Oh, you know, I know such and such who's an MA at the hospital. They said X, Y, and Z. Nurses, X, Y, and Z. And so if we look at healthcare workers, what is it? Something like 90, over 90% of physicians are vaccinated? Yes. Something like that? Over 96%, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Look at that number of nurses. Look at that number in everybody else. Those vaccination numbers are, are, are a lot lower. And even in some of the mandatory places, I mean, unless they're making it, unless they're mandating it, I think some of the biggest areas of misinformation are coming from healthcare themselves. So it certainly can be. But let me tell you, one of the things that I'm hearing um, from from community members are, well, I don't want to get it because I don't know what's in it. Coming from the same people who go to McDonald's right. or Burger King, don't get me started. And eat that food, Karen. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Or who, who drink a Pepsi or who buy food from the grocery store that is, you know, if you look at the label, they've got like all kinds of stuff that I, I can't even pronounce on that. Right. So that argument to me doesn't hold water. But for some, that it is does. what's in their head. But why can't we convince our own, though? Right. So so but part of it is so you have to understand. So while <laughs> Tiff, I hear what you're saying. It's like your circle, your circle is not the circle of many right. African-Americans in this country. Right. It just isn't. And yeah. so I think this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get in the boots of the ground. These are people who are struggling to make ends meet. Many of them, many of them are like just trying to trying to just hold it together. But they also are feeling like they've been nobody wants to come to them. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, now you want now you want me to do X, Y and Z. Right. Here's the, here's the argument that I heard works for folks. I had people say, I don't, I talked to you, Dr. Wingfield. I talked to my, uh, my family members and nothing resonated for me. And what resonated for them was somebody said to them, in the past, there have been many egregious things that have happened. African-Americans have been experimented on, like black folk have been, you know, like, like Tuskegee, other things. There have been some bad things that have happened to black folk. This is different. White people are lining up to get this vaccine. <laughs> Black people aren't. And not to say, look, there are some, lots of white people ain't got it either, right? I'm in Florida. Forever. I'm in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, girl. I know. I know. Look, look Texas too. Texas, don't even. Lord. Right. Um, but the bottom line is, is that this is different. Where If you have, but the point was, if white people are lining up to get this, this is not something that they're just targeting minorities, right? Right. And that was the thing that resonated for a few people. I'm like, really? That's it? Like, so, I, don't know. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I will I, say I in my clinic, I have had, I don't know, every week I may have, I may have about two to three converts. But I, but um, it really is only because of the approach. It's only because they've known me before and after. I'm not going to beat you over the head. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, look, I'm not going to kick, yell, and scream. You know, with one person, we had a conversation in January. And the person told me, 
you know, I'm nervous about getting it. I have some, uh, some conditions. I'm nervous about getting it. What do you think? And I said, you know, I would recommend that you get it. You know, if you have more questions, let me know. But I also told, the, and, he, and you know, this person was like, I stay in the house, I stay safe, I wear my mask, I do all that. And I said, and I, and I told this person back then, I said, you know, I'm really nervous about the fall. I said, I really need you to be thinking, strongly thinking about getting it before we go into the fall. So then I saw them again and, you know, we were talking about it and they said, you know, you were telling me you thought, you know, it was going to be a problem. And what do you think now? And they were asking me questions about things that we know have been debunked, but I was really patient and we were really just having a conversation and they went and got vaccinated. And I felt like that was my win for the week. That was your win for the month. That was my win for the month, but um, but there but are I some think, people that we just won't won't convince, well, unfortunately. And it's, and it is saying, sad though. No, but what you're saying, Zanetta, is such a. I mean, it's a point of why we started doing this podcast anyway, right? Because I think so much comes from when people feel like there's a trusted voice or someone that they right. know and trust you know, for information. And a lot of, uh, I think a lot of that is overcome when people can see doctors as like just regular human beings, like, you know, and really kind of normal people, right? That they could come to trust and, um, and follow up on recommendations that you make. So what you just said about, you know, someone who knew you, trusted you, and then you had multiple conversations um, mm-hmm. over time, built that confidence for them to get it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my point of just saying that kind of everybody that is close to me in real life and all of that is just so that people who listen to this podcast who might care mm-hmm. <laughs> what we think, you know, know unequivocally where we are with that, you know, and what we're doing personally. Right. Well, similar to that, though, Tiff. So Zanetta made it clear she had already established relationships with these people. Mm -hmm. Here's the challenge in the Black community. The majority of the Black community does not have a primary care provider. And that's where the problem is. That is where the problem is. Right. So you you don't have a clinician who's worked with you or yeah. who's like back in the day, like my whole family went to the same dentist. We all went to the same, you know, I didn't, we didn't have like well checks. I may have had Mm-mm. a bunch of drawings, but like at least the dentist knew my whole family. Right. right. So, so he, that's, that doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is a challenge because when there are healthcare, when there are public health crises, Where's the source of trusted information? It oftentimes comes from your family members or your community members, or it has to be someone that you trust, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's part, that is a huge, huge issue in the community is that they don't have a connection with a healthcare provider that they really trust. Mm -hmm. And and that to me is problematic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've even had people, and again, you know, I think, the other challenge is people are not even clear-minded in terms of the different types of healthcare providers that exist. Right. The difference between physician, nurse practitioner, PA, those sorts of things. Um, and, and, and they like, all right, I'm going to use the urgent care, but that's not something where you are developing a relationship 
right. with someone that, you know, you absolutely trust. And I think that's something that we've got to come to terms with in our community, the importance in, of saying, I need to have somebody who has some medical knowledge beyond what my mama has, right? right? Not saying your mama don't have good knowledge, but have somebody beyond the knowledge that your mom or your auntie or whatever has that you can kind of go to and say, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Huh. Now I'm trying to figure out how to solve this problem. Thanks I know. Actually, I was I'm actually like, thinking okay, about so it. I'm going to call my cousin tomorrow. Like, <laughs> now we've got to figure out how to get people primary care doctors. <laughs> we'll talk about that next right. week. And not, and yes, and not just on paper, not just right. someone that they have had a relationship with past, but someone that they actually are building a rapport with. Because yeah. look, even though Blacks have probably one of the lowest rates of having primary care providers, you know, on the books, it looks like, okay, it's still a significant number who do, but that's not always the case. There's somebody in name and you, we all have experienced that. Like how many times have you seen a patient? And this isn't just for Black people. You say, well, oh, so-and-so still your primary care provider. Oh, I don't know who that is. Or like I've seen that person or they're seeing the nurse practitioner that is part of that working group. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's fascinating because, you know, there, there is a lot of movement around, uh, or you might have to end up getting a new primary care provider it, it every is, year. If, if you're in a residence clinic, like, right. Movement is not even the word. I mean, it is, it's like the Cupid shuffle with, <laughs> I, do, 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 do. I mean, hey it's, I can't keep up. There's, there's so much, there's such a dearth of primary care physicians. I've never seen anything like it. Because people ask me all the time for recommendations or what do you think? And people, you can't, it's, it's almost impossible to get in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I had to beg, my, my primary care provider was not accepting new patients. Mm-hmm. I literally had to beg him. And the only reason, so I, the reason why I got in is because he accepted JD. Like, so we were in, this is when I was making the transition to, to Winston-Salem to, to kind of take on this role at Wake Forest. And the dean had said, is there anything you need? I said, well, as a matter of fact, there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, hu- my husband has a very complex medical history and I need to have good providers. I need a team of physicians. I need a nephrologist, a cardiologist, a diabetologist. Like I mm-hmm. like, he's like, Oh, I'm like, yes. Oh. So he's like, all right, let me, let me go ahead and, and look into this. And I said, and he needs a primary care provider. I need somebody to quarterback this. I cannot quarterback this on my own. Right. So I get all these names and came up with a list of PCPs, but the one that was there was not accepting any new people. So I literally sent the message. Just, I, professional courtesy, would you mind, right? And he said, yes. And I cannot tell you how awesome that was to have someone as thorough as, and I'm going to call him out, Francis O'Brien. I love Dr. Bob O'Brien. Dr. O'Brien. Dr. O'Brien, yes. Right. Let me tell you something. He said yes, and he meant it, and he is thorough. Mm-hmm. And even though JD had was complex, he it was okay. Mm-hmm. He took it on. So like a year in, I'm like, so I don't really have a primary. <laughs> see how I they said, do. Yeah, you know, what's your mind? Is- I know. I know. <laughs> you you just see this is why. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, I-, I promise, I'm real easy. I don't have any like, I have no chronic illnesses. I'm real easy. It's literally just gonna be for an annual <laughs> physical exam. Like that's it. And he was like, 
okay. So I go and I'm seeing him. It's great. And then all of a sudden, Ashley comes down. I'm like, so Dr. Brian. <laughs> See how you push it. I know, but he, so, he was fabulous. Ashley actually got to see him this week. I tell you, I love that man. He is he just, so, yeah. I mean, but here's the difference. I could say professional courtesy. Yep, right. What happens That's to right. the to the the hundreds of thousands of people who, you know, who don't have a primary care provider, right? And, you know, I, they just don't even, they, they don't have, they can't pick up the phone or they can't send that email, right? Right. Right. It is an issue. So it's one of these things we do need to think about. Like what you hear? Make sure you rate and subscribe. Three Black Docs is available wherever you get your podcasts. Three Black Docs is not intended as medical advice. All opinions are our own. Three Black Docs is produced by Winx Productions.